0: Tuesday.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening for the World Wide Wrestling Federation Heavyweight Championship.
0: Wrestling.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, our first event of the evening is a one-call match with a 15-minute time limit. There ain't nobody, there ain't
1: nobody in wrestling who can make me quit. And that's the bottom line. Carstone Concepto. Tuesday. We are what things all about. New York City here, Chicago here, Jenny on my left, Linda on my right, but I'm not telling any of the girls who I'm going to give it to in Chicago until that
2: night. Woo!
1: tuesday wrestling tuesday returns to under the hood with jonathan hood on espn 1000 and the espn app
0: it's tuesday wrestling tuesday here on espn 1000 and the espn app so glad you're with us Uh, Our guest for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesdays, we bring him back for the summer, is my wrestling brother. Really, because when he's on Busted Open, as he talks about Ronda Rousey, you can hear through the speakers he's thinking about Luna Vachon. He's thinking old school. He's thinking, could Luna Vachon do have the same run as Rousey right now? When he's talking about Brock Lesnar on Busted Open. What he's really thinking about is, could Stan Hansen have that same World Heavyweight title run? That's Dave LaGreca from Busted Open, Monday through Friday's 8 to 11 Central on Sirius XM, Channel 93. And he joins us here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN
2: app. Hello, Dave. What's going on, Jonathan? How are you? And you're absolutely right with everything you just said. <laughs> I could hear it right right through
0: the speakers of my radio thinking, you know, he's talking about Ronda Rousey, but he's really thinking, couldn't Luna have the same run? <laughs> I'm thinking that's what you're thinking. <laughs> you're thinking about the best. Ba- you're saying, oh, this whole, this hype about this pay-per-view, this show, this show, but the Battle of Atlanta still resonates with you.
2: Oh, my gosh. If I could talk about that for three hours, five days a week, it would be a dream. <laughs> I know you would. So I, so I, I missed
0: you on the air uh, last week because while you were away off your show, we had the uh, the passing of Big Van Vader. Um, and so as you and I have been watching the sport for a long period of time, we know how, how strong Vader was. What would you say his best matches were? Was it with Sting? Was it with Shawn Michaels or Mick Foley? How do you, how do you look at that?
2: Well, it's my favorite match of his is, you know, the one with Ric Flair at Starcade when Harley Race was in his corner. I remember. Um, but, yeah, yeah, as far as feuds, you're so yeah, – the, the name you first mentioned, Sting. And, you know, a lot of people wouldn't think that. It's very, very underrated. I think it by far was Sting's best feud. I think Vader brought out the best in Sting. And when I look back at it, it's probably his feud with Sting that I enjoyed the most.
0: You know, Dave, I saw that match several times at the UIC Pavilion when they'd come through here. And this it's interesting about Vader's career in WCW. Business was not great, as you remember, right? I don't know if that match uh, took place in the Meadowlands, if you saw it live. But you could hear the physicality of Vader. There was nothing. Um, he he would, was not a guy that would backstep, for sure. He'd come straight forward. You could hear the solid blows from the arena. Uh, that That's the thing that I remember most. I think as much as Sting and Flair was, was a great matchup, I think I may think Sting's greatest opponent might have been Vader.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. And you know, we talked a lot about Sting on the show and we were having a conversation about Sting whether he's a little overrated or and the one feud that I always bring up is his feud with Sting and I think I think Vader brought out the best in Sting. And you're so right about Vader because he was so physical you know, especially, you know, he spent so much time in Japan. And he was just such a bruiser, you know, a former football player. And I think that's probably what hurt him when he went over to the WWF. I just think that style of wrestling just didn't resonate with Vince McMahon. And I think that probably ultimately hurt him because, you know, he, uh, as great as he was in the AWA in Japan and WCW, I mean, he was kind of like a jobber for the stars once he got to the WWF.
0: He really was. Um so, so is it official now that that he's passed away? We continue to hear the parallel between him and Bam Bam Bigelow. So, is Vader the best big man of our lifetime?
2: You know, I, I said that on the show uh, yesterday. I think he may have been. If you look at, you know, how he can adapt to any style, how quick he was for a man his size, and. Just his presence, uh, you know, you could probably say he was the best big man there ever was.
0: Okay, so I'll cross you off. No Crusher Broomfield then. No one-man gang, <laughs> all right? And no Jer- <laughs> and no Jerry Blackwell for you either, right?
2: I mean, I love one-man gang. Jerry Blackwell would be a tough sell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. He was from Stone Mountain, Georgia. He, was, he weighed 472 and had a drop kick. He's Jerry Blackwell, damn it.
2: <laughs> Come on, Dave. I used to love the videos that AWA used to play that he would do the splash and he would break a board. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And they would, they would show it like five times in slow motion.
0: <laughs> That's good. Very
2: looking guy, Jerry Blackwell. That's <laughs>
0: some, some good Vern Ganya television right there as we talked to Dave LaGreca yeah. from Busted Open here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. So, with the money in the bank taking place here in Chicago, the NXT takeover, I mean, you know, it is, it's really interesting. Dave, once again, how NXT is on one night, the WWE pay per view is in the other night, and NXT just continues to take it over. I I honestly, I think I've asked you this before, but I've got to ask again. You know that Vince McMahon's there in Gorilla next to Triple H. What do you think McMahon's thinking? Because as he maps out Raw, SmackDown, all his other shows, and there's. Triple H presiding over NXT. What do you think Vince is thinking, knowing that the crowd is into it, that the action is hotter? I wonder what what he thinks when he sees this product.
2: I I don't think... You know, I would love for him to watch TakeOver and say, wow, this is what I wish my product would be like. I, I just don't think he looks at it that way, Jonathan. It's a shame. I think he looks at it like an NXT TakeOver and says, wow, this is a really good show for that hardcore wrestling fan. But he looks at the main roster like a circus. It's it's a show for everybody, you know. It's a show for kids and it's a show for adults. And I I, you can't argue with them. I mean, you look at the stock price. You you look at the billion dollar deal with Fox. I mean, you know, it's hard for me or you to argue and say, "Gosh, you know, Raw is so stale. SmackDown is so stale. NXT is so good. It's like a throwback show from thirty years ago." I just don't think Vince McMahon at the end of the day, is a fan of pro wrestling. He loves that brand of sports entertainment, and that's the way he looks at things.
0: I think the closest he gets to that is SmackDown, right? And Smack- yeah. SmackDown is a, hev- a wrestling-heavy show.
2: And from what you hear, he really doesn't have as much involvement with SmackDown as he does with Raw. Raw is his baby. His hands are all over Raw, and, and, I, and I think throughout the last, especially the last 12 years, it shows.
0: What do you think of, of Ronda Rousey? What she did on Raw, and God bless you that you're sitting. you for work, you got to watch three hours of Raw. Sometimes that's tough, man. But but I will say this though: the Rousey Alexa Bliss thing is 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 very interesting. It might be one of the hottest things on the show. Is it not?
2: Yeah, we had uh, Jim Cornette on a couple of weeks ago, and and this is Jim Cornette. This is you know Jim Cornette hates everything you know after 1990. I mean Jim, <laughs> Jim Cornette just hates hates everything when it comes to today's product, and he said on our air he thought that Ronda's debut at WrestleMania was the greatest debut of all time, so for somebody like Jim Cornette to say that, that's telling you something. I think Ronda's been amazing. Now, she obviously needs help on the microphone, but like the stuff that she's been doing in the ring, like you said, with Alexa Bliss, the beatdown of Alexa Bliss, the match with Nia Jax at Money in the Bank, uh, she's been tremendous, and... You know, Bully said this on the show yesterday, and and Jonathan, like, he said it, and it was strong words, but I totally agree. You know, we're always looking at who's the next John Cena, who's the next next face of the franchise. It's Ronda Rousey. You know, Ronda Rousey right now is the pro wrestler in the WWE that the machine is getting behind. It's Ronda Rousey.
0: I mean... That's fine, but I mean, to to be that person, is that in, in, you mean like in a Brock Lesnar type way? Because she's not making the house shows in, in Schenectady, in Poughkeepsie, in Champaign, Illinois, is she?
2: No, no, she's not. Uh, but I just think she's like who the WWE wants to be the poster child of their company. I think that's the person that, yes, you're right. And we think in that old school way about house shows and being on the road. No, she's going to be the person that they want on ESPN and, and, and daytime talk shows. She's the one that they want uh, whose face has taken over the program at WrestleMania. She's probably going to be the first ever woman to main event WrestleMania. I mean, I honestly think that, and if I was to, to predict it right now, I think it's I think Charlotte and Ronda Rousey as the main event of WrestleMania 35. Wow.
0: Wouldn't that be something? and we talk we talk about the face of the company i mean depending on the push that you give sh- don't you think that spot should be charlotte flairs i mean she's had that as a champion but i i understand that there is a little bit more cachet uh when it comes to ronda rousey because of her background in mma but he, as you always say i'm not you're not even the biggest mma fan but you know who she is but with charlotte yeah. flair because of the name dave i mean isn't that charlotte flair's spot
2: you're probably right, but think about it, Jonathan. Think of what we're to, where, the conversation we're having. We're having a debate whether it should be Ronda Rousey or Charlotte Flair. We're not talking about Roman Reigns or or Seth Rollins or even a Braun Strowman. Like I really think, when you look at the powerful names, you know, the people that can carry this company, you're probably looking at at their women's roster right now.
0: Yeah, and that's something that's not what we would have said years ago because they were in pillow fights and lingerie matches.
2: Exactly. I mean, I. I, it's, you know, you've seen the growth. I think ever since WrestleMania in Texas, you started to see the growth. But I think I really do think that at WrestleMania 35, the main event is going to be a women's match.
0: Well, That is amazing. Dave LaGreca for Busted Open. Go to Sirius XM Rush Channel 93, Monday through Friday from 8 to 11 a.m. Central Time. And uh, Dave joins us here on ESPN 1000, the ESPN app. You, I know that just like uh, I am, you're a big fan of Dolph Ziggler. You don't understand why he's been underneath so much, but I, I'm I'm all here for a Rollins Ziggler best of seven. Is that is that a possibility? Because I think that's uh-huh. a good matchup.
2: I really do, and it's amazing. For years, you know, we're talking about, gosh, you know, Dolph Ziggler should leave the WWE. He should go someplace else. They're not using him right, and here he is. The last two weeks, he's dominating. Monday Night Raw, in a 30-minute match with Seth Rollins last night on Raw, which is unbelievable for them to give them that amount of time on a Monday Night Raw. I, 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 the, the more I can see Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins, the more I'm going to want to watch it. You're right. I, the, Dolph Ziggler is killing it right now.
0: See, I don't know how much the title means. I just I just know that for, from Ziggler's standpoint, he needed something. He was underneath so much. It's just one of the weirdest things in wrestling becomes the Intercontinental Champion. I just like that matchup. That's a lot of fun. And Seth Rollins as a chaser of the title seems fun too.
2: Yeah, and I think Seth Rollins is in a good position because they can use him wherever they want right now. He could continue to chase after that Intercontinental title or if things don't go well in that build towards SummerSlam, he could be somebody that they can put in the main event picture. I think that's a good place for Seth Rollins. And you're right. Maybe the Intercontinental title doesn't mean a lot Dean Ambrose, but for able to get that time and to be able to be in a match for that long and to get that spotlight, to be in the main event on Raw, Mm -hmm. I think means a lot for Dean. I mean I said Dean for Dolph. For Dolph,
0: yeah. (laughs) So sorry, Dave. So all right, it's just you and I talking. (laughs) Just you and I talking. So you could you're not you're not gonna say this on busted open, but you're gonna say that you're gonna say this here.
2: So No, no, I I honestly to God, not on the air, but we, you know, I have to cut a promo for on demand after every single show. Mm-hmm. And every time I had to say Dolph Ziggler, I said Dean Ambrose. So <laughs> I don't, I, 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 I'm almost scared to ask you how many times did I say Dean Ambrose instead of Dolph Ziggler? <laughs> Just the
0: one time. Just
2: once. Okay, thank you. <laughs> it's okay. okay thank you.
0: <laughs> and if the, if we did make the mistake, we know I would take care of you. I always would take care okay. of you. Okay. Um, thank you very much. <laughs> so. Um, you won't say this on Busted Open, but you'll say this here about your favorite shows. I need to know your favorite shows to watch in order. I will tell you mine. You tell me yours, all right? So okay, for, for, that's a so, good question. All right, so for me, so for me it's NXT,
1: mm-hmm.
0: SmackDown Live, New Japan, um, followed by MLW, Impact, and Raw.
2: Okay. Uh, that, actually, it's not that far off from what I'm about to say, because I would probably put number at number one NXT just like you. Mm-hmm. At, at number two, I wouldn't put SmackDown. I would put New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put SmackDown at three. I would put MLW at four. I would put Ring of Honor at five. I would put Impact at six, and I would put Raw at seven.
0: That's fair. Only reason why, because I have to go actually go search and find ROH, because it doesn't come on the Chicago market.
2: <laughs> oh, well, there, there's your problem. And we forgot Lucha Underground. Lucha Underground comes at an even eight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's the seasonal wrestling program. <laughs> it's seasonal. $450,000 for a, an episode for a seasonal show. It's well done, yes. but my God, I'd like to see it for 52 weeks if I could.
2: Please. If, if at all possible, could they leave that temple for crying out loud? <laughs> um, you know, like have a show in the parking lot or something for a change.
0: Hey Dave, you talk about old school. They never leave that arena, that temple, that dusty so, temple every time.
2: I mean, at least, you know, when you used to watch Georgia Championship Wrestling, they would show a clip from the Omni, or, you know, when you're watching World Class, they would show a clip from the Reunion Arena. Every time you put on Lucha Underground, it's always from that temple. that fits about, you know, 55 people. <laughs>
0: I know, exactly. They never leave that place. It's amazing. Never. So, um, so, you had Bret Hart on, and I want to ask you about this. So, he's, there's a movie out, 350 Days, the movie. That's what Bret Hart's got going? Mm-hmm. All right, so... What Bret Hart, I respect Bret Hart like you do. I'm just wondering, do you believe that out of so many wrestlers that you've talked to or that we've watched, that he took his character more seriously than anybody else? I think that he, that Bret Hart, to me, believed. But believe, believed. It was best, especially if you read his book.
2: Yeah, I mean, even talking to him today, he, he said he always looked at pro wrestling like an art. And it's funny, um, after... NXT TakeOver in New Orleans, there was a presser that I was in with Triple H, and he said exactly the same thing. He said, when pro wrestling done the right way, it's like art. And that's exactly what Bret Hart said today. You're so right. I don't think I've ever sat and spoke with somebody that took it as serious as Bret Hart does and did. And and like you said, you read it in his book. You saw it in that documentary, Wrestling with Shadows. I mean, Bret Hart, even now, even now, you know, as far removed as he is from pro wrestling, he still believes. So uh, it gives you hope is what it does.
0: Dave, is there a a dream match you're looking forward to now? Is there something uh, that's in the business, no matter the the product, no matter the company, is there something that you want to see that we haven't seen yet in 2018?
2: So like a matchup that we haven't seen, Mm -hmm. that we – you know, I'm going to be honest with you, Jonathan. You may kill me on this. Um, and it's something that I'm hoping that we're going to see at all in September 1st. And that's Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis for the NWA championship. Sure. And I know you're like, oh, come on, Nick Aldis and Cody Rhodes. But to be able to see Cody Rhodes, a Rhodes hold up that NWA championship in a sold-out 10,000-seat arena in 2018... I mean, that would be like a jaw drop for me to see a Rhodes holding that NWA championship. So that's something I would love to see in 2018.
0: That's only because you're intertwined with the storylines with the NWA, you bastard. You're right there in the middle. <laughs> you're, you're probably a secret investor in the NWA. You're right there in the storyline. I, I get you.
2: but and That's true. But Jonathan, tell me, honest to God, wouldn't you love to see that? I mean, yeah. first of all... With everything, with all the damage that's happened to the NWA, did you ever think that there would be an NWA championship match in 2018 in front of a sold-out crowd? No, not of at 10, all. 10,000 people? No. Never. No. Never. Never. And then to have a Rhodes hold that NWA championship, I mean, that would be something I would love to see. And maybe on the outside, I, w- I would love to see a Ronda Rousey-Charlotte Flair matchup for sure. Yeah, that's going to be
0: a lot of fun. So don't forget, people, go to SiriusXM, Channel 93, again, Monday through Friday, mornings, 8 to 11 a.m., Busted Open. It's a terrific show. If you're a wrestling fan, it really is a show for you to listen to because of the terrific breakdown. And because it's on five days a week, Dave, I think the extra special thing about your show is that you can spread your wings a little bit and talk about so many different things besides just the WWE. And I think that that's what you've really been wanting to do anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, like on a show for tomorrow, we're going to review SmackDown, but like having the three hours, like you said, we could talk New Japan, we could talk Ring of Honor, we could do some old school stuff. So, yeah, it's really a dream come true, Jonathan, to be able to have this kind of forum and really kind of freestyle and be able to talk about whatever I want with the great hosts that I have, like, you know, working with a Bully Ray and a Mark Henry and the Tommy Dreamer, just a fantastic crew I have right now.
0: No coach on there. So it's, it's, once
2: in a while, you yeah. may see from he's a busy coach is a busy man, Jonathan he's he's way too busy for for me and busted open, but uh believe it or not, you probably won't believe this, but it's true. I really love working with coach he he thinks completely different than you and I and frustrates the hell out of me that it actually makes it an enjoyable show to do
0: (laughs) yes he's well he's a radio professional i mean uh, never mind about the tv persona he's a radio professional so i can understand why he'd be so good
2: and i don't even think he's ever heard of pro wrestling like i don't think he knows the term like that's foreign to him it's all sports entertainment and wwe universe he doesn't even say fans it's the wwe universe he's very you know he's As for somebody who's a coach, he's been coached well, let's just say.
0: (laughs) no question. You've been programmed and brainwashed by by the people up there in Stanford. Well, I'm I'm glad (laughs) you spent some time, Dave. I just wanted to get your thoughts, uh, especially with the passing of Vader, and uh, I'm glad you came on the show. Thanks for coming on.
2: No, I appreciate it, Jonathan. Thank you so much.
0: My guy, David LaGreca from Series SiriusXM's Busted Open, Channel 93 with us on Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday, here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. Now, let me give you a little news, some news that you need right here. How about this here from the WWE Confirms? that Fox Sports will be the new home of SmackDown. This is something that I think if you're a wrestling fan, you already knew this, but for those that don't know, the official launch date will take place October 4th, 2019, where SmackDown Live will be on Fox, open broadcast television. Should be interesting. The press conference... um And the release took place earlier today. And so Fox Sports becomes the new home of SmackDown Live. Also a five-year extension to keep Monday Night Raw on the USA Network. So not only USA and uh, NBC Universal is happy, but now Fox is happy as well as Raw and SmackDown have homes for the foreseeable future. A couple of news and notes for you here. We talked about the passing of Big Van Vader, uh, one of the best wrestling big men ever in the sport. Jim Ross on the Ross Report on his podcast. He knew... Big Van Vader not only in the WWE but also in
3: WCW and he gave his thoughts. So uh, I I'm remorse uh, sad a lot of memories uh, of Leon I remember one time Leon got he was coming back from the ring he got confused on the what where to go through to get back to the very back he found himself under the stage at the at Raw now also under the stage at Raw all the pyrotechnics nobody knew that Leon was under there where's Leon I don't know where Leon, I'm out there doing commentary and all of a sudden the next uh, match comes up big, big pyro implosions, loud, loud, loud and Leon was right down there amongst them so he grabs his chest he staggers out from underneath the stage saying that he the noise is so strong that it stopped his heart and he had to pound himself in the chest to restart his heart. <laughs> hey, it's a hell of a story. But Leon's that kind of guy. He's entertaining. And I thought he had some really underrated matches with Shawn Michaels. Uh, and Leon was on the backside of his uh, his game. And uh, Shawn was also having some injury issues. But they had some really good matches. Uh, and of course, Leon's run with Mick Foley, Cactus Jack down in WCW was excellent. Big time stuff. They took a lot of risks, a lot of chances, but the one thing they did, they beat the hell out of each other. His run was Sting really good. So you go back and say, well, Leon has some great matches with a lot of good guys. He sure did. That's the whole deal. He had it with a lot of guys. I can't remember one major program where he was the headliner that he didn't have a successful wrestling match. So uh, I will my condolences to Jesse and his family. Uh, I, I got a text message on Wednesday from Jesse uh, that his dad would have these ongoing health problems and he was feeling better, but then the, the pneumonia really snuck in and, and, and grabbed him, and uh, it was just a, a sad thing uh, for him to go down that way. His heart gave out. It just finally said, I'm tapping.
0: So, Jim Ross with the thoughts about Leon White, but I know it Big Van Vader who passed away uh, days ago. How about this? This is something interesting from Eric Bischoff from his podcast, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff. I've never heard someone take out – At the Knees, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, but it happened on 83 Weeks (laughs) with Eric Bischoff uh, as he talks about how Beefcake, for many, many years, has
1: taken advantage of the great Hulk Hogan. So I never really liked Brutus as a performer. I didn't really have a feeling one way or another about him as a person because I didn't really interact with him. You know, he, he, he was a quiet guy. He, he wasn't the type of guy that I had to spend a lot of time debating or discussing or going over creative with or anything like that. Um, I just didn't work with him directly enough to have a feeling about him really one way or the other. Other than I knew he was – yeah, I, I don't want to call him a parasite, but I can't think of a different word right now. Um, he was just there because of Hulk's loyalty, not because he was any good at what he did. There's the truth. Yeah. Um, it, but th- but that's not why I resented him because, it, look, he he was in a good situation because of Hulk and because Hulk was a loyal guy. Um, you can't really fault a man for that. Yeah, You may not respect his talents or abilities, but I didn't fault him as a human being. Um, and I didn't resent him as a human being because of it, because, you know, he was – He was doing what he had to do for himself, and that's okay with me. But it wasn't until the last few years that my feelings about Brutus have really become exacerbated. And because now I see, and I've seen it, I've been at autograph signings where Brutus is signing autographs of him and Hulk with Hulk's signature on them. And you're in the business, peripherally. You you understand this. You've been to enough of these shows, and you understand the value of autographs and, and things like that. And what Brutus would do is he'd go get a bunch of these pictures printed, printed off of Hulk and himself. He would fake Hulk's signature wow. and add his own. And I'd see him selling these fake Hulk Hogan autographs with his autograph on it for a lot of money. And the people that were buying them didn't know any better. And... And that's when that's when my respect for him as a human being just evaporated into thin air. He he went from being, you know, a guy who was just taking advantage of a loyal friend to being a true parasite. Whoa.
0: From Eric Bischoff, former WCW head and producer, amazing. Just taking out the knees on the eighty-three weeks. With Eric Bischoff, podcast, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And that is Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. We'll do it again next Tuesday at 9 o'clock after SmackDown Live right here on ESPN 1000, ESPN Out. Give your feedback at Twitter, Twitter.com. Tweet J Hooder on my Facebook wall, Facebook.com.